0: I cannot begin to tell the Lord thank you enough for letting me be graced again to stand behind this pulpit to be with what I feel like is family to me. You guys are family. Uh, This is one of my favorite places on the planet to come and minister. I feel at home in this pulpit. I feel at home when I stand before you. And although I may not have got to greet you yet tonight, know that you're loved. Know that you've been missed. Know that I've been preparing for you because you're worth it. You're someone that I care very much about pouring into and making sure I come with the proper word from the heavenlies for you. Um, so he's right. I've been preparing. I've been listening. I've been writing. I've been seeing in the spirit. I've been just doing all these things. Why? Because I love you. And I would never want to come with a word to steer you or direct you or to influence you to go in any type of way unless it is the word of the Father. And so I take it as an honor and a privilege. I think. Our pastors for having me back in and their family because they're always so lovely and good to us and I'm thankful for my daughter that she was able to come with me. Uh, It makes my husband's heart feel better when he knows that I don't travel alone. I'm a very independent lady. I don't get afraid of very much of anything. I can't even think of anything right now. I'm afraid I've even confessed it before you. So I'm very independent, and he he tries to let me be independent, but he doesn't really like it because he's one of those kind of men that wants to take care of me and wants to make sure I'm safe. And he thanked her yesterday when she drove in from her home, which is four hours away from where I live, to come with me to Houston where we could fly out. And he thanked her for coming to be with me, and I thank her as well. It's always fun. She is one of the funnest people on the planet that you could ever get to know if you haven't met her been with her it won't take you but three or four minutes to find out she's very very funny by nature shouldn't have i have to i have to practice at it uh, my, my granddaughter say you're more corny than you are funny and they're right <laughs> I am more corny than I am funny But she is just one of those that she could have been a Christian comedian because she is just funny all the time She had me crying before we came and not crying in a bad way, but in a funny way And I said I will have no makeup on if you don't stop if you don't stop But this that's in you I do pray that it fills, it comes and fills the house tonight I pray the spirit of joy comes and overtakes us tonight We need it because the joy of the Lord Lord, it's our strength, it's what gives us the energy, and what gives us the joy, it's when we stand and praise and worship like this amazing worship team did tonight, it's in his presence, it's what fullness of joy. So that's where we get our joy bubble filled, and our joy bubble is what fuels us and gives us the energy and the strength that we need to do to run the course for the Lord. And so all that to say, I love you, I'm honored once again to be here, and so thankful to the Lord, and and just feeling a little... um, Oh, I don't know, just a little emotional about getting to be back with you guys, but love you so, 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 so much. So, if you would stand with me for just a few moments. Um, you know, before I get into the Word, uh, one of the things that why I kind of was away for a couple of years and not been back with you guys is because I went back into the workforce and, uh, yeah, I said to the Lord, I said, I can't believe we're going to do this. We're going back around this mountain because I used to be in the workforce before. And uh, in, in, in America, in our states, uh, we had to, it made it a law that you had to have health insurance. And we checked on health insurance on me, and it was so unbelievably high. And that was with a deductible set at 5000 a month. Uh, I mean, at 5,000 a year. And I said, well, you may as well not even have it. So we felt like, my husband and I prayed about it, and we felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to go for a season. And so I've been back working. I'm in outside cells. Uh, I'm pretty much like a drug rep. We do respiratory medications. We're a respiratory company. I find it extremely interesting where the Lord has me because in the natural what I do for people is, is I supply them with oxygen because their lungs can't take in enough. Well, they can take in oxygen, but COPD patients can't release it and get it out. And so what I do in the natural is is to supply people with the way to take in fresh air and release fresh air, or, or, the, or the toxic air out. And it's really the same thing that I do in the body of Christ. Uh, that's the the office of the prophetic is, is the, to release the ruach of God into the people of God, to keep them with the fresh wind of heaven. It's just who we are, and it's just what we do, amen? And so I find it interesting that I find myself doing it in the natural and in the spirit. And, you know, I didn't even complain to the Lord about having to preach and Uh, go back to preaching and ministry because guess what Noah did it for about 500 years he built an ark while he preached amen and not one person got saved in those five years amen so don't you ever think that what you do for the Lord is not important nor is it held and counted to your account God looks at faithfulness God looks at obedience God looks at other things besides what we deem as success amen amen and so it's, it's an amazing place that I'm at, and I'm happy to be here with you, okay? So I wanted you to stand because we really, we really need the Lord tonight. We really need the Lord tonight. We don't need Kathy. We need the Lord tonight. And so I want to believe that everything that I've put inside of me to prepare, that I hold nothing back, that all of him gets released. I don't want any limitations on him. I want him released to do everything and anything that he's desiring to do in our midst tonight. Amen. Can you agree with me in prayer for that? All right. So let's go to him and let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, I thank you for the opportunity to stand before your amazing people once again. But Father, I know, you know, we both know that I have done my thing to labor, to to get myself in the place that I need to be with you, to hear from you, to stir up the giftings in me. I've done my part, but it's not about me from this point on it is not about me from this point on father I let you go everything everything that you put inside of me tonight I let you go to be God and to be who you need to be in this house and who you need to be in this service father I decree and declare that the breaker anointing is here in the midst with us I decree and declare with your people and we agree tonight that Jesus the breaker anointed one is released in this house with the resurrection power oh God that only you can come with father we release. Release you as healer we release you as mender we release you tonight as one to get us out of anything that we're stuck in I decree over us tonight we're coming unstuck we will no longer stand for being stuck anymore but today we move in you and we have our life and our being in you tonight we decree it in the name of Jesus be who you desire to be in this place God we give you the liberty we give you the right and we honor you in who you are tonight In the name of Jesus, amen, 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 amen. I am stirred tonight. I'm stirred tonight. I feel shaky under the anointing tonight because I feel the power of God so strong in this house tonight. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to try to do this, and and I'll settle down in a minute. You know, when, when I've studied and I've pressed and I've prayed and I've fellowshiped and I've done all these things, I get my cup so full that it takes me a little bit to almost release some of it, to kind of calm down a little bit. I feel so wired. You have no idea the things I'm doing in the spirit. As a chubby, heavy girl, not as heavy as I used to be, 40-pound slider since you saw me the last time. <laughs> but let me tell you, in the spirit, I'm doing cartwheels. I'm doing backflips. I'm doing triple axle spins with no ice skates on. I mean, I'm doing some things in the spirit, amen. So we're going to have a great time. In the Lord tonight. So let me tell you what I'm sensing. Even before I came in the building. And even more so now that I'm in the building. There is such activity. That is going on in the spirit realm. Concerning this house. I feel such energy. I feel excitement. I feel expectation in you. I feel that there is so much. That God is doing. And and places he's going. In you and in your ministries. And in who God, in your lives, in just about everything that is tied and attached to your life. I feel so much busyness from him in the spirit realm. And, and so I feel so pulled all these different directions because I feel so much of him flowing and doing and creating. And you realize who, who the God that we serve, the things he's capable of doing in one breath that he breathes on us. And there's just, there's so much, there's so much fullness this year for you guys of what the Lord has for you. And so I, I, I'm sensing that not only do I feel this busyness, but I feel an almost electric surge or charge in the atmosphere. You guys have been so busy worshiping that you have created something pretty phenomenal in this house. I say keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing to where you're going because it is carrying you somewhere, your worship it's taking you somewhere. And so this this night, I, I want to kind of release... I'm going to talk about two things. Okay, I'm going to do like two sermons in one type thing. Uh, it, what I'm going to close with is about a vision that I had concerning you guys about three or four weeks ago. I think it was about three weeks ago. The vision was confirmed immediately after I had it through my husband who had no idea what the Lord just showed me and what I just journaled. Amen? And so I'm going to say that for last. But I want to talk about... I know you guys have probably heard words about this Jewish year that we're in 5778. I feel like your rocket ship has already been launched. You are already in the atmosphere in heavenly places and I already see you in the spirit as a rocket launched. And so here's what the Lord said in my job my job's not to pull you down, redirect you or any of those things. My job is to come up and meet you with a recalibration. Okay? Is recalibration time. Recal- recalibration is, is when I c- or, or when you go into midair and you do adjustments while in midair. Amen. So I'm coming up to a place. This is what this is the full meaning of it. It means to correct in mid-course. It means to modify to make an amends. And so I'm here to add an addendum to what everything everybody else has been saying concerning the season that you guys are in. Amen. Ecclesiastes 2.1 says, Solomon said it, he said, to everything, there is a season and there is a time. And I'm here to tell you that you are absolutely, it may not feel in the natural that you're out of the wintertime and you're in the springtime, but I'm here to tell you, in the spirit, you are out of the winter and you are in the height of the spring. Amen? The April rains have already came to, to bring... And what I'm saying is you're in the May because I see the May flowers everywhere, amen? And so you're in a phenomenal place. So my job is just to kind of add to and to make some amends about things that have already been said and done. So get ready to write. You don't have to write the entire service, but I do want you to write this down. This is your scripture for the rest of the year. And I want to tell you, I said to the Lord... I said, don't have me go preach a message to your people that you don't do it in me first, okay? I've lived this this month. When I got the word, the Bible says, try me, I have tried him. Father, if you're going to do it for them, you are no respecter of persons, start with me because I can't go with the faith that I need, I can't go with the anointing that I need unless you do it in me first, okay? And so I've already been quoting this scripture since the Lord gave it to me three or four weeks ago. It's out of Psalm 65 and 11. It says, you crown the year with your goodness. That's what your poster says on the wall. Where? <laughs> Where? The, the advertising poster we made for you to come. I asked you for a word and you didn't have it yet. So we asked the Lord for a word and he gave us all. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, you already know it, but we, and it's on the screen. But we're going to decree it. Amen? Well, aren't you just prophetic? <laughs> All right. And I'm also being caught that I didn't see what you posted. I'm so sorry. Okay. Psalm 65, 1. I mean, sixty-five eleven. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. You need to get the picture about that drip thing because that's more than we can comprehend. You know what it means? It means even the atmosphere itself is loaded. It is so loaded down with the blessings, the abundance of God, that is literally dripping with it. Can I tell you, many, many, many moons ago, like probably about 40 years ago, I hadn't been married very long. My husband worked at one of the oil refineries uh, not too far from where we lived, and they went on strike. And so some of the guys didn't want to walk the strike, and so they would pay uh, different ones to go out and go walk it, walk the, the strike. And so um, a friend of mine, crazy woman, she called me up. and She says, hey, you want to go make about 15 bucks an hour? I said, really? She says, yeah. I said, what do we have to do? She says, we have to go walk the picket, to the strike. I said, really? I said, what do we do? She says, you just walk around and hold a sign. And I said, make 15 bucks an hour. And you know, back then, that's a lot of money. We're talking 40 years ago. I said, yes, girl, let's go. Well, we end up getting the night shift, her and I. And where, where it was at, it's Port Arthur, which I live in Orange. Orange is probably about, I'm going to say about 40 miles from the coast from where the Gulf of Mexico is. Well, we were going down to Port Arthur, which is 20 miles from the coast. And do you guys get fog here? Do you all have foggy nights? Because you, you're, you're by water as well. Well, this particular night we went out, it was unbelievable foggy. I mean, if she got from me to you, I couldn't even see her anymore. I'm like, Janelle, where'd you go? (laughs) You know, it was that kind of a night. Can I tell you, after just the first hour of being in there, the atmosphere was so dripping with moisture in the air that my hair was dripping wet, my clothes were soaking wet, I was drenched from my head all the way down to my feet because of the atmosphere was so full. Can I tell you that this year is your year that God has crowned it and he is leading you down paths that are dripping with abundance. And I'm not talking about just money stuff, although I am talking money. Yes, money is involved in it. But it's not just about money. It's about everything. It's about the richness of the holy fire of God. It's about getting more of Him than we've ever had before. It's about some of you, I feel in the spirit, you've been crying and crying and crying out of you wanting to fill your destiny and your call of God. I'm here to tell you this year is an abundance. The path is dripping to follow God and to fulfill your destinies this year. This is the year. Amen? And so... That's my first start off. So I want to talk a little bit about the Jewish New Year, okay, which we began back in September. September the 20th ended on the 21st. We began the new Hebraic year, 5778. The reason I want to talk about it is because there's significance for you guys in this year. Um, if you don't, if you don't, I mean, you know, maybe this is new to you. Maybe you don't understand why we would talk about the Hebrew year and we wouldn't talk about because we just had January, you know, 2018 and all that kind of stuff. Well, the reason I don't is because where do you find in the scriptures where God ever did anything according to our our calendar? He never did. He always does things on the Hebraic calendar. Um, one of the things about the Hebrew calendar is, is, uh, is, it's it's all about... here. Here's, let me just tell you what the rabbis say about it because I'm always better when I just tell you how they say it. The rabbis, when they talk about the year that's coming up, they're not talking about it in a way to predict the future. What they believe is, is that there are hints in it. And if we study the numeric value of the year, then we can get hints how to unlock the mysteries concerning the year that's approaching. And so... You know, it's not about even prediction. It's about us digging in and seeing what it is, and what is the Father saying? Where do I fit into this concerning this? Amen. And so, um, one of the things that's extremely interesting is yes, our Bible, our Bible is written in two languages. Who can tell me what it's written in? Two languages. Say it. Hebrew and, Hebrew and Greek. Do you know Hebrew and Greek are the only two languages on the planet? that their numeric and alpha system uh, value is the same. In other words, meaning like with us, we have one of our, our systems is our alpha. We have A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then we have another system over here that's one, two, three, four, five to where the Jews all comes together. Their A is their one in a sense. Their B is their two. You understand? And so... It's it's in, and not only is that, but even they have symbolism because of their writing makes a picture, amen. And so there are way many ways to interpret it, but we're going to look at just the pretty much the numeric value, and we'll touch in a little bit uh, to the alpha part of it. So let me go there. I don't even want to talk about the first part, the 57. I want to talk about the 5,700. I want to focus on the 78 or the 70 and the 8, okay? So the 70, the decade. We're going to talk about the decade first. The 70 is the word in Hebrew that's called ayin, okay? Ayin means I. So we have been in a season of a decade of of not just hearing about our promises but having eyes to see the promise come about that's the decade that we're in we have one more year after that and then it's going to shift but right now we're in the season of the eye end. it's all about the eye it's all about God raining down vision on us and seeing in the spirit and 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 you know it's more than just that you understand, having eyes to see is having understanding, is having wisdom, is having many of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not just about the eyes, but it's, it's what we get with the eyes, you know. And so um, this 70 that we're in is so interesting. Uh, how many are from the States? Who, who here is from the States? Quite a few. Okay, so in 5707, the, on the Jewish Hebrew calendar... Israel became a state. Israel became its own nation so that was 70 years ago. So Israel is celebrating their 70-year anniversary. I want to tell you a little something, folks. Do you understand that it is not by chance, and, and I don't care if you like Trump, don't like, you know, don't like him, whatever. Some do, some don't like him. I'm not even here to debate and talk about him. But I'm here to say this. So far, the man has done for sure. In my eyes, one thing right. And on the 70th anniversary of Israel, this man gets up and declares, we will no longer recognize Tel Aviv as the capital, but we will recognize Jerusalem, which is the capital. And we are moving our embassy there. And I heard recently Guatemala is going to follow, do the same thing. They're going to be theirs. And I think we'll hear more and more people or more and more countries that will move their embassy there. So their 70th anniversary, do you know that the number 70 is directly related to Jerusalem? So it's not even by chance that on their 70th anniversary, God is making a declaration over Israel concerning their capital again. And I tell you, it's one, it's one right direction for us as a nation that we have done this. That I know for a fact. So let's talk a minute about the number eight, and then we're going to put them together. The number eight in Hebrew is het. You know, they do the, I'm not real good at that. Doesn't even look real dainty. They go, Amen. But it's het. And and we all hear everyone teaching right now about it's the door. Even when you look at the Jewish symbol, it looks as though it could be like an open door to go through. And I do believe that it's the door. I do believe that it's a new season of going through new doorways with a brand new boldness and a brand new strength like we've never had before. I believe there's a momentum to carry us into new places this year. But I'm going to add to that. Because not only is it that, it also, when you study out the number eight or hat, it also, it's it's associated with the hand of God. And, And the hand of God means divine grace and favor that comes from when you're in the presence of the Lord. So do you understand that all this deep worship that you guys are getting into, you're shifting yourself into a great favor with the Lord to where the Lord is extending his hand to you and he's saying, you want this? Come and get it. Yes. Amen? Yeah. And so also the number eight, um, it symbolizes a new beginning. You know, we've heard that taught. Okay, so if on, help me, Lizzie, I might need your help. So if we're talking about on a music scale and the music scale goes, Do, Re, mi Fa, Sol, La, Ti, Do. Yeah. Okay, so... Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti, Do. And so when you hit the eighth, you're starting a new scale, right? Yes. But it's at what? A higher octave. Yes. I pronounce over you as a church that you just went through the scale and now you've hit the eighth and you've entered a new place higher octave than what you've ever been in before. If I could keep going and hit the highest octave that there is, I would do it, but I would make a mess of myself and you would not listen to probably the rest of the stuff that I say because I would deafen you, amen? So well, I'm not even going to try to do it. And so that's one of the things that's happened in the no- number eight. Now let me tell you another thing about with you guys. You know, you, you hear that God is transcending. You know, the number eight really is about, about transcending. Have you ever heard it taught about levels, you know, God, God's taking me on a new level." But have you ever heard people say, "Oh, but God's taking me on a new dimension?" Do you know it takes seven levels to get to a new dimension? So it takes seven plus one to get to a new dimension. I pronounce over you tonight, and I, I don't even understand how this can even happen because I, I see you church, your church above and beyond so far than I've, I see a lot of churches. But somehow, someway, I don't even know how it can be done. You are going to a higher dimension than what you've been, a higher octave and a higher place than what you've been in the name of Jesus. Now, that's, that's straight from the Father. That's not Kathy just pronouncing a good word over you. And because it went with the number 8, that's me listening to the Holy Ghost and God put his fire on it. Amen? So now we're going to put that 7 and the 8 together. Okay? So if I bridge them, you know what it forms? Because the chet is not just about the door, which we keep hearing people preach the door, the door, the door. The chet also means a wall or a fence. A wall or a fence. Amen? Amen? And so, when you put I in the eye and you put the wall together, what you just made is an eye wall. Now, if you're from the part of the country that I'm from, you don't like that word. That's a very evil word when you say eye wall because eye wall has to do with hurricane strength wind. When you look at how a hurricane works, and we just had one come into our region uh, right before the new Jewish New Year came in, which were eye wall. Um, it, the eyewall came into our region, and it sat on our region for about two days. And in two days' time, it dumped 53 to 60 inches of rain on our area. And it came down so unbelievable hard. It had nowhere to go. And so it just kept stacking and stacking and stacking. And so homes really got like anywhere from four feet to six to eight feet of water in so many homes. Probably 75% of the homes were destroyed in our region. And so, but, but it's been miracle after miracle. I don't even bring that to, up to bring it down, okay? But the eye wall would not get out of our territory, okay? So there's three parts to a hurricane. There's the outer wall, and then within the outer wall is the eye wall, and within the eye wall is the eye of the storm. So what is God saying to us in this season concern in the eye wall what he's saying to us is that things might rock and roll around us okay it might really we may see some shakening but you need to know as the church if we see shakening in the natural around us it's not because he's mad at you and he's not mad at me what God is trying to do is get the attention of the world and try to get people to turn their hearts to him People's hearts are so hardened. I mean, I think to myself, I I see people around me that go through some of the most horrendous things they walk through and they don't bow to God. And I'm like, how can you be so resistant and not bow? I mean, I don't want to be under the heavy hand of the Lord I mean he said in his word I can either come the easy way or I can come the hard way but I'm going to come if God has has put a seal on me that I'm to serve him he means he's going to do everything in his power to get me to serve him now we always make the statement God doesn't tamper you know with our will ah does he or does he not he can get you to the point you're so miserable doing your own will that you get happy, 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 happy doing his will at some point. Amen. And so he is, he we may watch him create more shakenings in the world. But we as the church are not to be shaken because we are of a kingdom that is not of this world and if we don't learn to get our eyes off of the eye wall in this season and learn to live in the eye of the storm and in the eye of the storm is that region around us that is peace and smooth and yes we may see all this stuff out here but it's not coming now in my dwelling and so we have to trust in him we have to get our faith level at such a place of trust in him that we don't let ourselves get shooken up or shaken up or what's the word I need somebody send me the word don't get shook up thank you <laughs> amen and so it's important for us because where we place our eyes this year I'm just going to tell you how you said it I'm going to read it it says where you place your eye or your eyes or your focus will determine how your year goes you will have to change your outlook from last year and enter into the new year with a new focus with a new focus Last month, even according to our calendar, you know, with it being the first of the year, we begin to look at things. We begin to, almost like how we do if anybody uh, pays attention to, to when Rosh Hashanah is and the celebration of the Jewish New Year, I always do. Uh, but I also do pay attention to our own. And it's still, it's just like how it is with the Jews to reflect and to begin to listen to the Lord and begin to repent if there's areas you need to repent. They use it as a time right before it of drawing in to the Lord with repentance and prayer and fasting. We do the same thing in January. But do you know, although that's our calendar, we're doing that by, it still lines up with the Jews. Because in the, in the month of Tibet, the Jews use it as a whole nother month that they almost recalibrate again. And they, they re, refocus things or redirect things again that month to make sure they're on target with what started happening for them on Rosh Hashanah. And so that's kind of where we're at and what we're doing. So it's not a bad thing if you happen to be in a church. I don't know if all of you are part of this house here. I believe most of you are but because uh, I recognize so many faces. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which way they do it because it's all going to blend and it's going to come out where God wants it anyway. Amen? Praise God. So... This is also um, the the season of vision. We were talking about it's a season of vision. It's a season of using your eyes to see. But I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this to me concerning that. I'm sure your pastors, uh, I know I've on purpose have not watched much here lately because when I'm in the season of getting a word for you guys, I don't really want to hear what's being said in the house. I watch y'all often. I mean, I'll just put it out there and tell you that. I watch you often. A lot of times on Sunday mornings when I'm up getting dressed because you guys are an hour ahead of us, I can put my makeup on and listen to the worship. I don't always hear the word, but at least hear the worship. And, uh, and so I'm sure that y'all probably have had your pastors come up and lay out the vision for this year. Why would your pastors come every year to lay out a vision to you? Because you all need to be seeing the same thing. And you also need to be saying the same thing. This is the year that the Lord said that your mouth, your words have to line up with the vision. Not only do you need to know what the vision of this church is, where you can be in agreement with it, where you can speak it out of your mouth, but you need to get the vision of what God has for you concerning your own personal life. What is God desiring you to do this year? You know, what is God you know, wanting to do in you and through you and all those different things. You have to get some time with the Lord. The Bible says to to write the vision and make it clear. And so you need to write it down and have it before you and go and view that thing every so often. You need to speak it out of your mouth. Why? Why would we need to speak things like that out of our mouth? Well, for this purpose. Do you know that molecules hold information? Molecules hold information. Um, let's talk about it this way, and I, I've talked about this one time way back sometime, but I'm going to bring it up again. When The old school recorders that used to be out there when you were just a babe, Mr. Sandy, <laughs> back in my day when we were getting down, we would listen to it through a cassette, and the cassette player had a little tape on the inside of it, and that tape was made out of man, a man, magnetic rock that's called magnetite. Because magnetite holds what? It holds information. And so when David stood before Goliath, remember that big mouth Goliath that was mocking God, taunting God, uh, it wasn't just about Israel. He hated them because he hated God, hated everything about them because he hated God. And so we know little David, you know, he was a little guy, a little of statue, um, young in age, and when he comes out before Goliath, the Bible said Goliath looked at him and he disdained him. The word disdain means he looked at David and he looked down his nose at him and he thought, you little puny wimp. And he counted him immediately as, this is what stands before me. This is all Israel has. And he counted him as an unworthy component to be the one to stand before him. Can I tell you that this is the year that disdainment is coming off of you in your personal lives and this church? If the enemy is mocking you, if he's taunting you, if he's looking down his nose with disgust at you because what God is doing in you and through you, I decree and declare that giant's about to fall in the name of Jesus. And so what did David do? David didn't get intimidated by the least little smidget. David knew who he was in the Lord. And let me tell you something. David had that rock already in his hand and when he looked up at that giant and he held that rock in his hand, he was speaking out of his mouth everything that he was going to do to that giant. He told him, I'm going to take you down and your head's coming off today. And therefore, when he decided to let that rock go, that rock contained information in it and that rock knew what it was to go out and perform because it carried in it the message of what it was to go do. And David slings it out, and it could do nothing but land the mark. With the scripture, when you look at it in the original language, is paga. He pogged the giant, meaning he landed the mark. He landed the bull's eye, and the giant goes down because David spoke it out of his mouth. It's not a year to just think it; it's a year to say it with confidence. This is my year, God, that you crown my year with goodness, God. You cause my past to drip with your abundance. You know what I see when I see either uh, 2018 or I see it in the Hebrew 57, 78? I see, I see that year with a crown on it. And I say, that's my crown of goodness. That's my crown of goodness that holds all of the wealth, the riches, and the pleasures of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and this is my year to have it all. I started saying that over myself at the beginning of the year. Can I tell you, am I, can I brag on the Lord? Can I, can I brag on the Lord? Because it's not about me. I am not the best salesperson in the world. I can be convincing, but that's not how I sell. I sell because I build relationship. I go in those offices because if they don't like you, they're not going to order from you. I go in there and love them and be who I am and don't try to be this high-pressure person that, oh, yeah, you're going to order from me and you're going to order from me today. I don't know why you're using the other company because they're no good. I don't have to go in there and talk about how cruddy the other company is, which they are, (laughs) but I don't go in there and talk about that stuff. I go in there and talk about the good of what our company is. I go in and talk about we have staffed with us the best respiratory therapist that is found in this area anywhere and i am just be who I am, and they like me. That's how I sell. That's how I get things. It's because I speak it out of my mouth, out of love, out of confidence. And so at the beginning of this year, when I got this scripture for you guys and I said, let me walk it out, can I tell you that at the end of December, we had two sales reps in our office, She left. She found another job. She wasn't doing very well. They were talking about firing her, and I just told her. I said, I love you, Brandy, with all my heart. I said, but girlfriend, you do not want it on your record when they fire you. I said, you have a degree? I don't even have a degree. I don't have a college degree. I said, I have many years of sales. I've done sales for 20-something years. I said, I can get a job at a drop of a hat. I said, sissy girl, you can get jobs I can't get because some won't hire me because I don't have the degree. You have the degree. Get out of this place. Go get you another job before they let you go. She found one. (laughs) She left my company. She's probably... As far as base salary goes, she's probably making three times more than I am on her base salary. So God has blessed her. But what did the Lord do for me? They decided not to hire another person. I have the entire territory. Every part of commission that comes in is no longer split. It comes to me. Here's the fun part about it. My office has ticked off all three hospitals in our region. Because they they don't know how to talk to people. And I get on to them all the time. You better be nice to my people. (laughs) You know, be nice to them. Talk kind. Watch the way you say that. You said that mean. You know, and so I prayed this scripture and did what I'm going to tell y'all in a little bit later in here. And between this scripture and the vision that I had, I've had major breakthrough. I have made, all three hospitals are ordering from us. I have so many doctors' offices calling that, I bet you've never been in the place, and this is the first for me ever and I, I've, I've been around for a long time. <laughs> I'm about to be 63. OK? This is the first time ever in my life that I raised my hands up to heaven and said to the Lord, "That's enough. We can't take any more." <laughs> we can't take it anymore. Our guys were working. To, our delivery guys were working till 10:30 at night. I was going home late. My entire office was wore out. We were all working late, and I just said to the Lord, "Can we just have a break? Can we just have a break from this?" And so He gave us about a two or three day break. I can't remember exactly what. It seemed like maybe three. And then we went back at it again, and it's been more steady, just going, 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 not just all at one time anymore. We feel it just here and here and here. It's like the guys get it delivered, then the next call comes, then the next call comes instead of five at a time or ten at a time like we were doing. Amen? And so I'm telling you that this is a year, if you will believe it and you will speak it out of your mouth. I've been decreeing that scripture over myself daily, daily. I mean out loud daily, driving down the road, going to work daily, saying it out loud. So there is power in pronouncing it out of your mouth and letting the molecules direct it where it needs to go, okay? How does God's word not return void? Because when he speaks it, it can't. If we learn to release words that are God's words, it becomes like that rock that David pronounced over. It will pog it. It will land the mark every time, amen? So let's talk a minute about the numeric value of the number seven, eight together, 78, okay? Because we bridged the two. Now we're going to talk about the two together. 78 is the same numeric value as bread. And so this is a year that you have the right to claim not just a everyday sermon, but the bread of heaven kind of sermon that hot loaf that God gives in a prophetic way that comes straight down from the heavenlies. I decree over this house that there are going to be hot loaves served, fresh manna served from heaven like never before. I command the prophetic anointing to come forward in this house in a way that it never has before in the name of Jesus. This is also a year that 78 is directly related to dreams, okay? Okay. 78 is dreams. Uh, the Hebrew word is uh, let's see, how do you say it? I forgot. Hang on, let me look, because I don't want to say it wrong. Holame. To dream means holam. So or dream mean can mean holam. Um, so this is a year to dream. So I decree by the authority of the name of Jesus that I command dreams and visions to come to this house like never before. I pronounce it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to also say that the dreamer that we can probably relate to when I talk about a dreamer in Scripture and a great interpreter of dreamers is Joseph, and one of the things that the Lord began to download to me about Joseph was is that Joseph is the number 11. It's it's equivalent to Joseph. You guys are in your 11th year. You already celebrated the 10th, which means you've already gone through the threshold of the beginning of your 11th year. You're in the process of doing your 11th year. So Joseph is the number of 11, and so I decree and declare that that Joseph is more than he's just the number 11. He was also the 11th child. Uh, he also had eleven in his family bow down to him, his ten brothers and his father bow down to him. So he had eleven bow down to him, and so I decree over this house that it is the season of the Joseph generation to rise. I speak over. If you'll stand to your feet for a second, if you're an entrepreneur or you're believing God to to give you a business. Are you are working, but you believe that God needs to shift things concerning your, your, your work? Um, stand. So raise a your hands to the Lord. Lord, I release your spirit in this house to bring the spirit of Joseph. Bring the spirit of Joseph over finances bring the spirit of Joseph in a way that they would have the right counsel and the wisdom concerning finances because, Father, it's not even about making them wealthy. It's about bringing it to your kingdom so you can do kingdom stuff. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, make this church a church of giving. I already know that they are, but, Father, I decree in the name of Jesus with the wealth that's to come that they'll increase in giving in a greater manner in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, I release the Joseph anointing. Father, do what needs to be done concerning the seasons and the times that which we live in. Father, you know exactly where their feet need to go. You know exactly what their minds need to think. And I just release you by the power and the unction of the the resurrection power of the Holy Ghost to enter into them in this season so that they be who they need to be in your kingdom as the Josephs to know how to handle money, money for such a time as this. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Okay, so now I'm going to shift and I'm going to go into the latter part of the message. So three or four weeks ago, I'm in my bedroom and I'm sitting before the Lord and I'm just praying and I'm petitioning him about what to talk about with you guys. What do you want to do there, Father? What is your heart concerning these people? And the Lord said, close your eyes. I want to show you something in the Spirit. And so I closed my eyes, and with my mind's eye, the Lord began to like, like just open up like a TV screen for me to watch. I'm not in the vision. I'm just observing the vision. And so as I look, what I'm seeing is what looked like to me were the Antarctica waters, and it was like the top of the ocean was one huge sheet of ice I mean it was thick 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 sheet of ice and it was frozen from coast to coast and I all of a sudden the Lord highlights ships that are stuck in these in these frozen waters I mean they're stuck in place and I watched they would try to do everything they could to maneuver out of it they would try to put as much engine power as they could to break out and break through To get out of that stuck place that they were in and it nothing was working it's like they didn't have enough engine power they just didn't have what it took to just create uh, a way to break out of that stuck place they were in and so all of a sudden out of nowhere in the vision I see this ginormous ship appear out of nowhere this ship was like nothing that I'd ever seen compared to the other ships in the vision it was plowing through the water with so much force. It was unbelievable. I watched this ship come in and it was breaking the ice and behind it, it was turning the, the blanket of ice into nothing but ice cubes. And it would go to these ships and it would get over and get in front of them and it would break the way open for them to be able to get out into open waters that weren't frozen. And it kept leading them out and leading them out and taking them out to get them out of the unstuck place. And so I'm watching this, and then I sit and I listen to the Lord, and I begin to just journal what He was telling me about it. And when I'm done, I decide to go get something out of the refrigerator to drink. And when I went out, my husband had been up front watching television, and uh, I didn't say anything. I just turned around and went right back to the bedroom, and he followed me in there for a minute. And he said, "What you doing? You studying?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Oh." I said, well, "What are you doing?" He said, well, he said, I'm up here watching this documentary. And I said, yeah. I said, what are you watching? He said, well, he said, I have it on YouTube. And he said, I'm watching this documentary about the ship, this one ship. He said, it was in the Antarctica water. And, you know, they kept trying to tell him don't go that way because it's probably going to freeze over. And the (laughs) expedition dude makes them go anyway. And they get stuck in the frozen water. It literally freezes all around them. And they're stuck and they can't get out. He said that, and I, I never say a word. I never told him what I saw in the spirit. I, I'm just listening. I mean, I'm gleaning. Yes, tell me what you saw on the TV. Keep confirming this word to me so it gives me more faith for me and for them. Amen? And he said, and, and he said, what happened was, he said, they had to kill seals and stuff to be able to, to stay alive because they were stuck on there for 18 months. And he said, Kathy, he said, the, the uh, ice was so solid that that was their ground. He said they would literally just step off of this ship and they would get out on it and walk around and stuff. And so uh, guess, guess what it's called? Because um, I, I had him. I, had a, I said, what was, what's the name of the ship? It's called Endurance. The name of the ship is called Endurance. Many of you, you're in a stuck place. You've been enjoying not being in the stuck place. <laughs> And you've been crying out to the Lord about this stuck place that you've been in. And I'm here to tell you, I'm believing with everything in me. This is the night of anything that we're stuck in, we're coming out of in Jesus' name. Whether it be our finances, whether it be our marriages, whether it be any relationship, whether it be... uh, uh, you know, our jobs, whether it be our ministries, whatever it would be, I believe with all of my heart God is here to rescue us tonight and come and get us out of this stuck place. And so the name of the expedition or the the expedition guy that led it, his name was called Shackleton. So here they were shackled in the ice for 18 months in a ship called Endurance, amen? And they had to sit there, No icebreaker ship came for them. They had to sit there until the water began to thaw out enough so they could get out and continue the expedition on. Um, It happened in 1904. They didn't get to where they were going until 19... It happened in 1901. They didn't get to where they were going until 1904. Amen? I'm here to tell you, we don't have that kind of time to waste anymore in God's kingdom. Things are moving very fast is moving very quickly, and we don't have time to be stuck in any part of our life anymore, amen? Right. And so what was strange to me, because we had a conversation, I think in November, about the breaker anointing. See, I understood that what I was watching in the spirit. When I saw the ship, I knew what I was watching was a ship that was an icebreaker, than that it was the Coast Guard coming in to get people unstuck, amen? And so uh, there's a scripture, That immediately comes to mind after Troy leaves the room and I'm thinking further about everything that he said and what the Lord said to me. And he reminded me of Micah 2.13. Listen to what it says. Compared to the way the vision went even. Listen to the way this goes. And if you don't think this is the scripture for what he said. It says the breaker has come up before us. That breaker right there should be capitalized. Really, it should be capitalized because it's one of the names of Jesus is the breaker anointing. If you study this out and you look at the original, what it means. It says the breaker is come up before them. They have broken up. They have passed through the gate. That word gate can also be translated into door. Okay, So it could even be concerning about the new year and the doorway that the enemy could try to block you that God has created for you to go through and he's been trying to hinder you to keep you from passing. So it says, I have passed through the gate or the door. I have gone out by it and their king shall pass before them. What was the ship doing? It was leading the way out, turning that hard blanket of ice into nothing but ice cubes he says he the king passed before them and the lord on the head of them and that is so what i saw in that vision the breaker anointing or let's talk about the word breaker the breaker in hebrew the hebrew word is parats parats and what it means is is that it means to it means that uh, to break something out of confinement something that is in a tight or trapped place that the breaker comes to parat. And, and parat gets the image like, if, um, like if the enemy's trying to get you stuck, let me put it in this way because it's a better picture to me. If, if God made a promise to you immediately when the enemy hears about the promise, he's going to come to buffet you. He's going to buffet you for a couple of reasons, one, to try to get your attention off of it where you don't push for it, okay? And the other is just to keep you from getting it, period. So he'll, he'll bring trouble around you so you stay focused on the trouble. So the enemy comes with a glass dome structure to place on you to keep you from your promise. What Peraz does is when you call out to Jesus with the breaker, he comes with the battle axe of heaven and he comes down to shatter, more than shatter, to crush to powder, that glass dome that is over you to keep you from your promise. It means not just to shatter because it's possible if it doesn't shatter enough that you can put it back together again. He comes to bust it to powder to where there is no way it can ever be put back together as a dome to keep you from your blessing again. So what Jesus is going to do for us tonight is he's coming to Parat. He's coming with the battle axe of heaven to get us unstuck with whatever it is that the enemy is using to stuck us or to keep us from. Amen? Is this good? So, this is what the Lord said to me. He said, this is a year that out of nowhere, get ready. Every time the enemy, even when you have breakthrough on this, if the enemy comes back, out of nowhere, this is a year that he's going to cut a path through the Red Sea for you just how he did for the Israelites when they're crossing over into the promised land and out of nowhere. The the enemy thinks we've got them. They have nowhere else to run. We have got them. And they had no clue that the God they served was a mighty enough God to breathe one breath to open up the ocean so that, that they go right through the Red Sea and get to the other side, okay? So this is a year that I prophesy over you as a house that the end of Pharaoh to track you is over with. It's over with. I decree over each and every one of you by the authority and by the name of Jesus, that Pharaoh that's been accosting you, it's done. He dies in the Red Sea. Him and his little imps with him no longer can hinder you. For your God promises that he will cut a path out of nowhere for you in Jesus' name. So now let's work on our faith a minute, you know, because we have to work on our faith. If we don't have the faith, then we don't get the promise, okay? So let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the greatest thing, the biggest... Let me, let me switch how I'm going to say this. The biggest spirit, I guess I'll say, that the enemy had to stop Jesus was the spirit of death, okay? Okay? The biggest weapon that the enemy had against Jesus was death, right? I mean, the enemy thought, I'm going to get him. We're going to kill him because he would have been stupid to kill him and know everything that was going to happen. Obviously, he didn't know the Bible like a lot of people thinks he does or he wouldn't have done what he did because it was in the word, amen? And so he obviously didn't read the word or he would have known the word and he would not have been so stupid, okay? So in Matthew 16, 18... When Jesus made the statement, he said the gates of hell cannot prevail against his church. The reason Jesus said that was because he was talking about he was talking about what the church would be built on. Jesus knew what he was getting ready to do. Jesus knew when he said to Peter, the gates of hell cannot prevail because upon this rock my church is going to be built. Jesus knew that when he went to the cross and he laid his life down, He knew that he was fixing to take on the strongest weapon that the enemy had that he would have to take on, and that was the spirit of death. It was the big boy was the spirit of death. And so when Jesus said the gates of hell cannot prevail, what he's talking about was the power of hell would not be able to prevail and keep him from raising because it was on his resurrection power that the church would be built, okay? So in ancient times, the gates were important, Okay, because every city was walled and so it, the, the city was only as safe as the gate was because the gate was the place that anyone would enter and come out from was the gate. And so when they would be in battle, the first thing that they would try to go after, to take out and take over would be the gate of the city because the gate of the city would determine how strong the rest of the city would be. Okay, and so whenever we hear the gates of hell cannot prevail, If you understand that Hades, or hell, Hades was a god and they believed that he was a god and he was the god, with the little g, that presided over the gates of hell. And so Jesus knew that he was going to go before this God that they believed in and he was going to conquer him. And I love the picture that it gives that when he does resurrect. I always get the image of like uh, Judges chapter 16 whenever, you know, you remember when Samson, uh, you know, God makes him a judge and his whole thing that he's commissioned to do was to annihilate the Philistines. And so one day he's having a little fun with the Philistines and he goes out in the middle of the night. The scripture says at 12 o'clock at night and he goes into their city and he picks up and lifts up the entire gate, post, bar and everything and he picks it up and he carries it up on the top of Hebron and he just sets it there to just taunt them and make fun of them. And I always get this image of the Lord when he came up out of the grave taking the gates of hell that the enemy thought they had him once and for all on. And he takes those gates, everything, the hinges, everything about it and sets it before the enemy with his resurrection power. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of resurrection power God we serve. That he took the greatest weapon that the enemy had to try to stop him and deter him and to keep him from the cross or from resurrection, he was ignorant. He was just ignorant because Jesus did it. He took on Hades for us. So, Isaiah 9 and 6, it talked about him fulfilling it he said for I'm a child no no no, no. the scripture prophesied it. it said for a child will be born to us a son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called be called wonderful counselor mighty God Eternal father and prince of peace amen and so death could not hold Jesus so I want to tell you tonight I have prayed I have salt I have fasted I have have believed God with everything in me that tonight he comes with resurrection power to parat us out of the stuck place that we're in. I decree over us tonight that we're coming out of the stuck place. I want to ask you tonight, if you would look, and I'm going to ask a few of the worship team, whoever, if you'll come up and you'll start ministering with me for a moment. I want to ask you tonight, how are you feeling? Is there a place in your life that you're feeling stuck at? You know, how are you feeling in your marriage? How are you feeling on your job? How are you feeling in your business? How are you feeling in your ministry? How are you feeling with your health? How are you feeling with all these things you keep petitioning God for and it just feels like you've been in a stuck place? I want to minister to you tonight because tonight is your night for the breaker anointing to come and to break you free tonight. I decree tonight that the favor of God is on us in this place.